Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Racket Athlete Podcast. Today we have on Catalina Pelez from Bogota in Colombia. She started playing squash at nine years old. She's played in the Colombian senior team since 2005 from the age of 13 or 14. She went to university in the USA, Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, majoring in in studio arts, focusing in photography, minored in architectural studies and Italian language. Uh, Currently, our interests are photography, design, art, art, architectural travel, hiking and soccer. She's a current PSA world ranking of 77 and her best PSA ranking is 56. Welcome to the show, Catalina. Thank you so much, Chris. No problem. So how's your day been so far? It's good uh, here in Bogota, Colombia. We have been having a lot of sunny days, so enjoying the weather because a few months ago it was a lot of rain. So right now, enjoying this nice weather. Sunshine, nice and warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. At least you can still go outside for that, the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So how are we going to start today, then, Kathleen? I think it's just to get a bit of small background on yourself and then we'll kind of jump in a few other things as well. Um, how did squash become your passion? We mentioned there that you started playing at nine years old. So how did that really become your passion after you got into it? Yeah, well, I think at the beginning, it was just a new sport. Um, I used to play other sports before getting into squash. And once I got to know the game of squash, I continued with my other sports. Like in school, I played soccer, volleyball, basketball. Uh, did horseback riding, golf, but then I just kept doing everything because it made me happy and all the sports were very fun. But I think it started to become my passion when I started to to see like the benefits of the sport. Um, a part that I was doing good in the national tournaments and then I started traveling and being part of the national team. It just opened the door to the world to me because I started traveling a lot and getting to know the world, different cultures and making friends all over the world. So it it became a a lifestyle, you know, and and I wanted to to be better, to have more opportunities and it just became part of my life. You mentioned there you, you, you continued with um, other sports for a certain period of time. How do you think those, those transferable skills came across from those other sports and did they affect your game in squash to improve it at all, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's as a kid, it is very important to, to move, to be active. And all the different sports, well, they have something in common that... Well, in most of them, you're doing a lot of physical activity. There's coordination, there's strength. So all those different sports help you to develop different abilities. And I think it did help for my squash game. Because, for example, in soccer, I had to run a lot. And it was like long sprints. Yeah. And and squash is also a lot of sprinting, very explosive, but yeah. shorter ones. Uh, and but still the conditioning uh, helped me 
for squash, uh, for example, wall climbing, you have to have a lot of strength in your legs, hands, and you have to like be agile. So yeah. that also works in squash to be fast. You have to have fast uh, feet and be able to react in whenever, like in, well, in squash, you always have to be reacting because you never yeah. know where the ball is going to go. So yeah, I think all the sports help you. And then it, then you just choose which is the, the sports you like the most, yeah. but it is important to have that background of like different sports, different abilities. Yeah. Would you say there's anything in particular in your game that has uh, developed quicker because of the transferable skills from other sports? Um, Maybe just an overall general movement patterns you've got. Well, I think maybe agility okay. and yeah, like that reaction. Uh, because yeah, I would say that and maybe overall like the um, the running. Like okay. I'm a runner. Yeah. So it I think maybe because of soccer, that could have helped a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so agility and obviously, and obviously, like your running technical technical aspects and running as well as being able to have the stamina to run for certain periods of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and just be be able to react fast. Yeah, so reacting as well. Yeah. So, let's move on to how did you form a great relationship? Or rapport with all your coaches that you worked throughout the years and um, going from obviously growing up playing squash to where you are now yeah well my i had had a lot of coaches and i think it's just a matter that i was very open-minded in learning and just listening to what they have to say especially at the beginning because you you still you learn a lot of things when you train with different coaches and yeah I guess because I wanted to improve I wanted to be better I just listened and did what they say and if I had questions I would just ask or give my opinion but yeah. I was open I was very open-minded and I yeah. think that's that's why uh, it was like um, I'm a very easygoing person I think so yeah I I just listen and I, I do what they they tell me because you know they're the coaches, so at yeah, the beginning yeah. you just have to yeah. listen and, and do yeah. what they say. Yeah, so so the key thing I'm taking out of that is really just to be open-minded about what, what they're saying to you and trying different things to see if they work or not, basically. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, eventually when you're maturing in your game, you can start deciding uh, maybe what works better for you or not, but I think it's always, it's always um, good to be open-minded and to to talk to them, like if you, to tell them how you're feeling or maybe, yeah, I don't, can you explain me more about this exercise because I'm not yeah. understanding or I don't yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. So just have a good, good communication. I think it's the key. Yeah, definitely. So open-mindedness and communication with your coach is obviously the key thing you're coming across from yourself there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that leads to, to trust yeah. because eventually when you have, uh, when you're working with one squash coach, you you have to be able to trust them in order to improve. So I think 
the good communication and open-minded leads to the trust. Yeah, all right. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll keep it on sort of, we'll move on to training now, but in both aspects, whether it's coaching or fitness, or it could also be psychology if you wanted to talk a bit about that. Um, what keeps you motivated in, in each aspect of training that you do? So let's start on fitness um, and, and what keeps you motivated for training and fitness? Yeah, well, I think um, fitness, like resistance in a way, it had been like a, a weakness in me because I could run, but of course it would get into a certain point that then I would just gas out um, and my game is to to attack a lot. I like making different shots. I yeah. go to the front very fast. And so fitness has always been been the thing that it's kind of like uh, hard. Like okay. it's, what's the word? Uh, it's tough. It's tough and it's not that fun right. to yeah. do, you know? Yeah, yeah, not that easy. But yeah, exactly. But I guess what motivated me to, to start working on, on that fitness aspect was those matches that were very close and I knew that I lost because I got tired. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. because of anything else. It was just that I got tired. So yeah. I started to making the wrong yeah. choices. So I think it's fitness is uh, I would say an aspect that you you start realizing or at least I did realize that it was very important when I moved from juniors to pro because yeah. in juniors I could get away with my shots a lot but in pro they will get it and then you have to run more and more so yeah so yeah yeah so uh, let's move on to uh, technical skills now and what keeps you motivated and improving in your technical skills? And did you find yourself when you when you started to see yourself develop? Was it a natural talent, or was it a case of you had to put in a lot of effort to get the talent, to get the technical aspects correct? I think it was. I I got the technical aspect. I would say relatively easy okay. when I was a kid. So yeah. Um, I I don't remember much my like first year yeah. of playing squash. <laughs> I just I don't have a memory of struggling to okay. hit the ball or or to okay. do a drop shot, for example. Okay. So I think that was more natural okay. for me and having like um, well, I think having like the a, a nice touch to the front, yeah. maybe because I I wanted to do things differently and I would for example train uh, with Miguel Angel and he would teach me some tricks so when I was on my own on court I would like my solo sessions are not just straight for five minutes one side the other side it's just like doing whatever you want so I yeah. think since I was young I started to to practice weird stuff or just yeah. doing deception you know because yeah, if you if you don't get the um, confidence of doing that on your own or a practice matches, you will never do it on a real match. Yeah. So I think yeah, it was more natural, but of course, it's nice to to know that you can hit 
whatever shirt you want mm -hmm. from any anywhere on the court. So that's more the things that nowadays you practice that you do have to focus, for example, five minutes doing drop drive, but you, you just want to get the best drop possible. Yeah. And doing those drills with targets is, of course, it motivates me more because yeah. you get a reward from it. <laughs> yeah. So for the, for the racket athletes listening then and, and listeners, obviously solo practice is a key aspect in improving your game as well as working with your coaches. So what would you say really for someone that's starting out in squash or maybe intermediate level and they're looking to improve their solo practice, what's one or two things you would give them suggestions for? I think it's more interesting if you put targets for your for yourself. Okay. Because you there's a there's more of a purpose and you get the reward, as I said, when you hit the target. And I think sometimes you focus even more because when you're just doing rails, for example, uh, to the back that bounce after the service box, once in a while, maybe your mind goes to another place and you're just hitting the ball just yeah. because, not like with the purpose, with no, no purpose, the yeah. target. Yeah, so I, I definitely would recommend uh, putting targets when you're soloing and also well, to try new things, you know, it's yeah. the one place where you can do whatever you want and you can be silly and no one is going to tell you that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so moving on to psychology then, um, obviously that's now a big part of um, sport these days and it has been for a long time now. Um, what keeps you motivated in training the mind? Yeah, well, I, I think it's key to, to have goals long short term long term mid term everything because it it gives you a vision and and like that it keeps like adding adding motivation to to everyday practice because if if you don't have any goals then sometimes you're going to say well why am i waking up early going for a run why am i doing five hours on court or whatever so if you have goals and you have uh, a vision yeah. that that helps you a lot and to visualize visualize what you want has also yeah. helped me a lot and i do recommend starting uh, with this sports psychology early in life okay. early yeah. in your career because it, yeah. it will make uh, a change and it will help you I think when I was young I didn't pay too much attention in yeah. general I I wasn't like a person to that goes to a psychologist um, I just rather talk with my friends but uh, as I grew up and as I went through many injuries I understood that it, it wasn't just like sitting in a chair and telling all your life to the psychologist yeah. it was more of a of a life coach as a mental coach that yeah. will give you key things that you could do to to improve to cure yeah. your injuries and to make you believe what you want what what your goals are yeah great um yeah so the key thing is there i'm picking up from your conversation about the psych psychologist or psychology should i say is goal setting and vision so 
definitely good for the racket athletes listening to maybe create some goals for for yourself, whether it's short term, medium term, or long term, um, and create that vision of how you want it to look. Yeah, exactly. You because you first have to believe it and create your goal in your mind. Yeah. Then you can make it happen. If if you don't think you can do it, then it's gonna be even harder <laughs> to yeah, achieve absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Catalina, what do you think squash players struggle with the most on the tour regarding scheduling the correct components for optimum performance? So, whether it be, you know, psychology, fitness, um, even time schedule, travel, recovery, anything like that. What, what do you think about that? Maybe, I mean, when you're starting, maybe psychology part is... I would say is one of the most that um, the athletes struggle because sometimes you have trained very well and you're like excited, you're gonna start PSA career and then you have to travel far and you go and you lose first match. Then you're like, oh, like what happened? Yeah. I, I thought yeah. I was playing well. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it just gets into your mind and it becomes a mindset game. Mm -hmm. Or if you are traveling by yourself and you're new to the tour, it's tough at the beginning if you don't know any people. Yeah. Because you, you might be kind of like on your own all the time. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, a bit tough. Yeah. I would say, but um, I think it's just a matter of, well, if you want to go on tour, you just have to go for it. Uh, be be social be open-minded yeah and and you have to know that i mean of course sometimes you don't play your best uh, and yeah that that involves if you travel jet lag or just a different change of scenario culture so there's those aspects that uh, maybe the first times the athletes get a little bit down because they they don't get what they were expecting but it's just a it's a process yeah and how how was so touching on that then how was your if you want if you want to talk about it how was your sort of how did you start in the PSA so when you started how did you feel how did how did your sort of first few matches go and what kind of if you want to talk about about your story about that yeah well I actually joined PSA very young 2005 I believe <clears throat> because they're, they did a tournament in Ecuador and they gave me a, like an invitee spot. So I went and my thought was, well, I might as well start getting the points. So I just joined the PSA, but I went with some Colombian friends and they knew other people from other countries. So that was how I got to meet other people because of my friends. I I think I never traveled alone without already knowing people that were playing the tournament because okay. um, within the Pan American juniors tournaments and then yeah, yeah, yeah. the seniors and then I played the Canadian, the US, the Spanish, Pioneer and Dutch, okay. the British, the Scottish. You meet a lot of people that eventually you meet them again in PSA. So, yeah. I mean, they're not your best friends, but they're not strangers. So you can get, you can have, you have someone 
to talk, a familiar face to talk to. So it was yeah. more like that. And I I started just hanging out with with friends that I knew from past tournaments or juniors. Yeah. And and then you just start meeting a ton of people because yeah. you meet their friends and and it's it's fun. It's nice. I I never had to like be on my own because thank God I always knew someone. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, so that's that sounds like that was um, obviously it's a lot about connections there as well then and making obviously meeting as much people as you can and just, you know, communicating with people really. Yeah, exactly. It's I think that's a, a key point when you when you're on the tour, because most of the time you will travel by yourself, but then you meet up with other people, but you always have to be respectful. I think social, open-minded, in order to to meet people, and if because if not, if you're quite, if you won't talk to anyone, and you're shy or you're scared, eventually you have to break that barrier, yeah. because then no one's gonna interact with you. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, yeah, so moving on to more of a personal question about. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? I definitely take more care of my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be more uh, aware of recovery, especially. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. So, actually, let's touch on recovery. And you just mentioned it there. So, I think, what is what is what do you feel is the key aspects to recovery after a squash game? Well, I mean, it's it's different for for a lot of people. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, definitely, it's it's good to spend a lot of time stretching and rolling because I do feel that if I if I don't stretch, then that night I'm very sore. Yeah. Everything hurts, and probably it's gonna be worse the next morning. So, I yeah, I really recommend. Um, giving yourself a, a lot of time to stretch, especially after tough, tough matches, long matches. And I also like to, well, ice bath helps a lot, yeah. but you, you never, you not always have access to one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, stretching is something you, you can do anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And what, out of curiosity, what sort of, temp, what sort of temperatures are those ice baths that you're actually going into? Uh, well, I don't know, actually. I don't know oh, the, okay. the temperatures. Yeah, but yeah, good question, though, because most of the times uh, that I do the ice baths regularly uh, is when I play with Colombia as a team because oh, okay. they take yeah. the physios and they are the ones who... Uh, put the bag of ice and they have the that little temperature uh, yeah, yeah. like gun temperature yeah but yeah i i can't remember what's the temperature that's cool that's all right i just thought i'd yeah. throw that in here that'd be quite interesting to know wouldn't it um, yeah, yeah um so what do you feel um Kat kathleen that is the toughest aspect when learning to be an all-round squash player you know we've touched on a lot of aspects now so which one or even something different maybe that you can think of that's the toughest to to, to learn uh maybe the sacrifices you have to do yeah. Yeah. you have to miss a lot of stuff uh that 
non-athletes people to, I don't know, parties, birthday parties, trips, weekends away, um, time with family because you travel a lot. So yeah, I think in general, those personal sacrifices that you, you're not gonna be able to be there every time like, yeah. you get invited. So I do think it's, it's important to balance it out yeah. to also have time for, for your family, for your friends, for personal yeah. things, because if it's mm -hmm. just squash, 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 then eventually you burn out and yeah. you, you'll start to, I mean, to your, first of all, your body gets tired and, and your mind, because it's, it's in a way, uh, something repetitive, you know, yeah. of course the drills and trainings vary, but it's kind of like a routine that, that it, you get tired of it after a while. So it's, it's very important to, to take time off to rest because yeah. your body and your mind needs it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously you mentioned sacrifices there. I mean, do you feel in your journey that the sacrifices have been worthwhile for you? Yeah, well, in a way I've been, I've managed to, to combine the athlete life, athlete uh, life and social life. Yeah. I think well, um, uh -huh. of course, because of some tournaments that were important to me, I couldn't attend to social. some stuff, but yeah. yeah. But I think I, I don't regret it. I think it's, yeah. it's, been, it's been a good, good journey, good life. I mean, yeah. so far it's been very good. So yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't regret it. No, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, so obviously, what would you give as advice to a squash athlete wanting to make it on the pro tour? Then someone that's maybe jumping from the junior level is possibly ready to go to the PSA tour. Yeah. Well, definitely to to be persistent, um, to don't, don't let yourself get down because of uh, many losses when you have been training a lot, because it's just part of the process. It's like an adaption, playing junior squash and playing pro squash is different. Yeah. And you just have to, to keep going, but just uh, be, be strong and and be open-minded for sure and take every opportunity that that you see because you never know what can comes out what can come out of that opportunity definitely yeah because one opportunity can potentially be life-changing at some point eh? yeah yeah exactly Absolutely. it's yeah i definitely when i was a junior i got a bunch of opportunities to go by myself to train somewhere because I got invited or yeah. just to go by myself. I once I once went, went to India to Calcutta by myself to play okay. uh, a PSA and I lost first round. But but I mean, it was just like I it finally got into a tournament. So I have to take that, that chance, even if I have to travel to the other side of the world. And yeah. probably I'm gonna lose for uh, for Sean, but you have to you have to do it 
in order yeah. to to see um to get more sense of it and to to rise up your level yeah definitely so what i'm kind of getting out of that as well is that you've got to take the losses as well as the wins in the journey yeah in the journey it's yeah, part exactly. of the journey isn't it yeah exactly everything is part of the journey and i mean you just have to have the passion and be happy doing that because of course you're not going to win every match but you will learn and you will have a great experience out of the whole trip yeah exactly so essentially like with the losses in the journey you're going to always learn something and you can take it back to your coaching and your fitness or your psychological stuff and, and use it for that yeah exactly you will always learn something out of the journey and and yeah just you get to to travel the world to see different countries different cultures and i think that's uh like that's one of the best jobs you know to travel the world playing squash and you can do like whatever you want so it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a good job for sure <laughs> yeah um quickly going to touch on if this is okay to touch on traveling and actually like obviously when you're traveling between different countries for different tournaments do you have any tips for squash players that may be reaching up to that level or you know say they're traveling between countries any tips for say how to go about getting good sleep or how to go about with good recovery well you have to have in mind the time change so what I try to do is if I hop on the plane and right now, for example, in Europe, it's like time to sleep. So I would try to sleep in order to start adapting to the, to the new it's schedule. Yeah. Yeah. To a new time. So, and because then you land and you have already slept, so you're good to go through the day. And yeah. if you feel tired, try to resist and not go to bed super early just at a decent time mm -hmm. and i think that's that's good to like for the jet lag yeah and and i also well what i do is i like to see at least something i like to go touristing in yeah, yeah. definitely in every country so <laughs> um take time to i mean of course you're gonna practice and yeah, you can do it before or after uh, you're yeah. done playing, but mm -hmm. take time to to experience and and to see well to to see the country you're you're at. So, so that that those would be my two tips. <laughs> Definitely, that's good. So um, obviously, with the time zone there and have a bit of relaxation time, just give them. Suppose that gives the mind time to adapt as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, and and definitely stay hydrated drink a lot of water that also yeah. helps to to recover faster and to adapt okay Kathleen, yeah. do you have any um uh, maybe any books or anything that you'd recommend for squash players to go and have a look at if they're looking to improve their game at any level um let's see well i think it's more of uh, the meditation. Okay. The I like the app Headspace because right. it's. Yeah. I mean, it's not like something specific to squash, no. but oh, that's fine. it 
it it is it will help you to to get to know yourself better to yeah. to have a clear mind Absolutely. and and to just if you do it at the start of the day it would you just start your day very calm and like with a clear mind yeah so i think i would i would recommend that perfect catalina and yeah. um, it's been great having you on the show uh thanks for coming on the show yeah thank you so much chris for the invite and well let's hope we can get back on on the tour as yeah normal. absolutely let's hope we hopefully see, soon <laughs> see all the squash players back on the psa tour very soon yeah exactly okay folks thank you for listening that's been another episode on the racket athlete podcast I uh, hope you like listening. Please leave a review.